Hello, folks. Welcome to this, the 89th episode of the Lords of Order podcast. This is a DC Dr. Fate fan podcast, and I'm your host, Ed Moore. Beware. I probably spoil things more than most people who are spoiler-sensitive like. But this book came out at the end of 1942, the beginning of 1943, which makes it, what, 75 years ago, roughly? So... If you still consider that a spoiler, um, more power to you, I guess. I, I don't know. If you want to send feedback about spoilers or about anything, you can leave a comment on the website, bigtimenoise.com slash Fate. You can tweet Teal, T-E-A-L Productions. Lords of Order show has Facebook and Google Plus pages and the email address. <laughs> yeah, the email address. It, it, it works now. That's all I'm going to say. The Dr. Fate Fan Podcast at gmail.com. Now, at the top of the show, I owe someone an apology. Last episode, I read feedback from one Mr. Kyle Benning. I neglected, and Kyle, I apologize for this, sir. I neglected to tell you folks that Kyle is a fellow podcaster. King-size comics, giant-size fun. There are a plethora of interests that Kyle speaks of when he chooses to speak of them on his show. He has many different offerings through his feed. I'm slightly concerned, and I hope it's just me, but Kyle hasn't released a show since about the third week of December. I hope everything is okay with his podcasting career. I haven't heard otherwise. I have heard him make guest appearances on some other shows. So I, I hope everything is cool for you, Kyle. If not, you know, let us know and, and all of us podcasters can come together, I'm sure, in an effort to help if something is going on that can be helped. Have fun in your podcast listening in the meantime, sir. And thank you for the feedback last episode. Now, this episode, I include feedback left on the website for Lords of Order episode 86, and this is from Mr. Mark Sweeney. And Mark says, enjoyed this episode covering some pretty formative comics in my collection. Despite NAF ideas like the Spectre, I like that word NAF, by the way, like the Spectre being incapacitated by simple lack of oxygen in All-Star Squadron 50 and Dr. Fate's life-saving moon rocks. You know, I had number 51, still have my tattered original copy, but few of the succeeding issues for many years. I was left hanging for decades, not knowing how fate escaped the clutches of Oom on the moon. When I eventually found out it was oxygen-infused moon rocks, I decided I preferred the suspense of ignorance. Now, this time I will do Mr. Sweeney, much better than I did Mr. Benning. Kyle also is a fellow podcaster. I'm the gun.blogspot.com is his website. And he also speaks of many different things on his show. All of them highly entertaining and all of them worth listening to. I'm the gun in your podcatcher of preference. Check it out, guys. I think that you will enjoy it. So this episode, All-Star Comics, issue 14, from December 42, January 43. As always, the All-Star Comics have an opening 
and ending bookends, and then the different members each undertake their own specific mission that is detailed in, eh, you know, five to seven pages for each mission. So the framing, the bookending sequences are scripted by Gardner Fox and penciled and inked for us by Mr. Joe Gallagher. The mission that I am interested in, Dr. Fates, was also scripted by Gardner Fox with pencils and inks by Howard Sherman. The title of the story for the issue is Food for Starving Patriots. Now, this can be found reprinted in All-Star Comics Archive Number 3 that was released by DC in 1997. Now, we have a 80% of the page single panel here. The Justice Society of America roll call. Hawkman, Starman, Adam, Dr. Fate, Dr. Midnight, Spectre, Johnny Thunder, Sandman, and as secretary to the Justice Society, Wonder Woman. It specifically says that. It doesn't say Wonder Woman. It says all that that I said. That's kind of, yeah, whatever. The panel itself shows all of the named members uh, in an arc above clouds that are in turn above a sphere with the word Europe written on a portion of the sphere. Hawkman, with the assistance of Starman, is holding a cornucopia, and from it are falling foodstuffs. Hence, I suppose, the name of the story, Food for Starving Patriots. The narrator tells us, a tidal wave of Nazi tyranny and oppression rolls relentlessly over a Europe conquered but still unbeaten! Exclamation point. Americans, long known for their open-handed and open-hearted generosity, find themselves faced with the gravest problem ever presented to a civilized people. Exclamation point. If they send food to the patriots of the occupied nations, they know that the merciless Nazi despots will callously confiscate it to feed themselves and their army. But, and it's a big but, the downtrodden... <laughs> I, I, Sorry, I think of the song got big but I, I like big butts and i can't i like yeah sorry okay guys uh just completely blew the the tension that i was building there didn't it? i'm sorry the downtrodden masses of the conquered countries are among our most important allies exclamation point yes even as england russia and china need our munitions so do these underground armies formed of fearless fighters, need food to carry on their unyielding fight. And so, the subject of discussion as the famed Justice Society meets again is how to feed conquered Europe and still keep Nazism undernourished. And we jump right in with Hawkman, current chairperson, hammering the table with his fist, saying, I tell you it must be done. We know how much the RAF depends on information received from Europe's gallant underground army. Right! exclaims exclaims Dr. Midnight. Hawkman goes on to present that they have been asked to somehow provide food to those in occupied Europe that need food. So what commences is a discussion about how to accomplish this. Hawkman says, I have an idea. And he holds up like a, a pellet in between his fingers. And so, of course, everyone asks, well, gee, Hawkman, you know, like the, the newsreel things with the scientists. Yeah, they, gee, Hawkman, what is that? And so he leads Johnny Thunder over to a microscope, puts one of the pellets under the microscope, and Johnny Thunder looks 
and sees that inside, I think, the pellet is a miniature complete turkey dinner. Uh, baked turkey and, and all the fixings, as, as you would, would say. So he says he can shrink a dinner into these size pellets. He can make millions of them. We just have to figure out a way to get them to the people who need them. So they break up, except for Wonder Woman, who someone has to stay. So conveniently, the secretary is the one chosen to stay. Yeah, okay. And the last panel before the individual missions is a map of North America and Europe with travel lines showing where each of the heroes is going labeled with the hero and the country. So we see that Dr. Midnight's going to Norway, Starman to Poland, Hawkman to France, Adam to Holland, the Spectre to Belgium, Johnny Thunder to Czechoslovakia, Dr. Fate to Germany, which is interesting. I'll get to that. And Sandman to Greece. And then the comic breaks up into its individual stories. So the fourth mission detailed is Dr. Fate's mission to Germany. Now, along the way, I did see where Wonder Woman's own book, Sensation Comics, was advertised as being her home. So they did throw that out there to try and sell other books, namely hers, but she could not go on a mission with the other members of the Justice Society. So they saw her as an equal in making money, but not as an equal in writing about her exploits. Very curious, very curious. So the narrator tells us, Nazi concentration camps rustle with secret rumor. The Justice Society is feeding Europe, and Europe's grateful underground armies are rising against the fanatic forces of barbarism. We have um, just a, an interesting panel with a, uh, a fretting Adolf Hitler viewing a succession of people marching from inside a cup, or perhaps it's intended to be a pan, with Dr. Fate leading the march and all of the individuals linked with a hand on the shoulder of the person in front of them, chained, you know, like a human chain. Um, Soldiers tied up at their feet here off to the side as they march past them, having thrown off, yeah, okay. You get the picture. So, okay, I see what the cup is. The cup is Hitler was always a fan of the occult, uh, perhaps a believer, perhaps a practitioner. Perhaps, you know, I mean, a lot of that is is conjecture because the man is not alive to say what he did or didn't believe. But a lot of people feel that he did believe in a lot of supernatural things. So he has consulted a soothsayer. Of, of some import here. And apparently she is reading the tea leaves in a cup because she looks and exclaims and tells Hitler, not only your fate, but the fate of all evil ones. Look, because he asks if she sees his fate. And she positions the cup so he could see it. And inside, in tea leaves, is spelled out the word Dr. Fate. Oh, well, it goes. I, he did see his fate, right? Get it? Doctor? Yeah, okay. So Hitler is... is um, Put, put off here. He, he's very concerned because this is one of the mystery men of America that everyone's talking about. So the narrator next page tells us a member of the Justice Society in Germany? Yes, for in this cruel, cold-blooded country are former free men who have been made slaves. 
men from all walks of life whose only crime was that they loved liberty. Flung into concentration camps, they stand listlessly about and speak. So Dr. Fate is, uh, one night he flies over a camp, descends upon it, goes inside where the men are sleeping, and, and talks to the men. So he needs to uh, to suss some things out, Dr. Fate does. So he knocks out one of the guards and takes his uniform. I can use that uniform, rat, he says as he punches one of the guards and knocks him out. So he takes that guard's uniform, acquires some bandages from a medical pack that I guess this particular soldier had on him, and then goes about telling the other soldiers that are on sentry that everyone needs to practice their uh, medical procedures. And he uses the bandages inside to wrap them up, covering them, their eyes, binding them, everything like that, until he has done all, all of the sentries uh, guarding the inmates' dormitory. He then feeds them tells them that uh, asks them first what they're doing you know what is their job what part do they play and and they're uh, filling armor shells um, uh, artillery there we go artillery shells with gunpowder and dr. fate's like well you know I, I have a very good idea what to do with this so he takes one of the men over to where their the production facility is the man shows him you know we do this and then we do this he shows him the process. Dr. Fate says, well, I tell you what, here, and he brings over a big machine that dispenses sand. He says, uh, fill up each shell to this mark in sand and then finish putting the gunpowder in. Then what will happen, and the guy catches on immediately, he says, what will happen is it won't have enough juice to make it all the way to our lines. It will fall on their soldiers instead. Dr. Fate says, exactly. So that man goes back to the dormitory gives the word to all of the other men of what they're going to do to help the war effort, even though they're captured. And they go about doing this, and they double and redouble and triple their effort, because one, they're getting fed every night now, and two, they have a purpose. They have something that they can do to affect the war. So they're they're knocking out shells right and left. Production's never been better. And some of the guards even say the men are looking a bit fatter. Uh, a couple scenes where some of the men that are in charge of this camp go and tell Hitler that, and he tells them, you know, quit blowing smoke. That's what I tell people outside. I know that's not the case. Inside, we are starving them. They must be starving. Don't give me that that poo. We cut back to the camp. Uh, we see that at some point, the men were observed in one of their meetings with Dr. Fate by another uh, uh inmate, except the inmate was a plant by the Gestapo to keep an eye and ear out on those captured to see if they're up to anything. Reports back, the soldiers are waiting one night when Fate goes to deliver the food. So they capture Fate, or attempt to capture Fate. He he leads them away in such a way that their focus is on him and not on all the men. Starts fighting him, throwing uh, shells at him, not that they explode just using them as weights picks up one guy that's or he picks up the the stooge the inmate that gave him away dumps him in the sand and makes him eat sand to the tune of gurgle gurgle glub i I guess that's the sound of someone inhaling sand i'm i'm not sure um 
tells the men, the inmates, that he will take these guards and he will take them off somewhere, um, I guess as, as captured soldiers or whatever, so that those guards can't tell anyone what is going on. Um, and he also takes the inmate that was the, uh, the Stooley as well. Took him, took him all the way with him when he flew off that evening. And I always like, at the end of every individual hero's mission in All-Star Comics, there's a blurb at the bottom of the page that always says where you can find their adventures. And this tells us an exciting adventure of Dr. Fate every month in more fun comics. And I, I always thought that was cool that they made those linkages so that if you liked a particular one, you could go and get more of their adventures in whatever book they normally showed up in. All right, and now our finishing bookend, we see the narrator tells us, In twos and threes, the Daredevil members gather once again their noble task accomplished. And each person is coming in, Hawkman, Fate, Hourman, Johnny Thunder, Starman, reporting what's going on. As Fate hands in his written report, uh, they start looking for Johnny Thunder because he hasn't handed in his written report. And Johnny suddenly exclaims, Report? Who's got time? No kidding, fellas. I was so busy feeding everybody else that I didn't have a chance to eat anything myself. Wow, am I hungry. And he jumps on the table where a bunch of the little capsules are and just starts shoving them down his mouth with a food, food, glub, glub sound. Wonder Woman tells him, You're a particular pet of mine, Johnny, so I'm going to let you in on a secret. Those capsules have no food value without Hawkman's solution. Hurry, Johnny. In your condition, you're liable to starve to death. And Johnny says, golly, you're right. Come here, solution. And he drinks down a whole vial of the solution. And of course, what happens? Well, all of those capsules expand in his stomach. So we see a, a panel of exclamation. And then he's, we pan back and we see him sitting there with a big... Um, bulging belly as he's sitting there and he says, hey, help! This this turkey ain't dead. It's alive and growing. And so we, we end uh, that particular story with a little bit of humor there. Flipping through it, I also noticed some other things. Uh, in one sequence, I believe it was Sandman and Sandy's mission. Um, yes, Sandy went with him, apparently. They made, um, they hypnotized Hitler somehow, and he was doing some goofy stuff. So it, it could be that the entire story, which I'll probably go back and read now, I usually do. I just read the Dr. Fate part first and then all of it. Um, looks like the whole story perhaps was rife with humor. A lot of the stories aren't, they're very serious, but I would imagine that at this time, war is serious enough. Um, so just having that topic is serious enough. They don't want to add to that, so they tried to uh, lighten the levity. Definitely um, kind of a double thing by making Hitler look like a buffoon um, on top of keeping it light, so they diminish his impact and they diminish the impact of the war itself. So all in all, though, I thought, I thought it was a pretty interesting story. Oh, about Dr. Fate. Um, it's my understanding that Hitler was in possession of the Spear of Destiny, I believe it's called. That was the spear that was used by the Roman guard. I don't know if he was Roman or not. But, but by the guard at the crucifixion of Jesus, pierced his side to see if he was dead. And some aspect of Jesusness was imbued upon the spear, 
uh, giving it some magical abilities. Hitler used that to keep the supermen of America and other countries at bay because if they got too close to Hitler, they would fall under his sway and would start working for him. It has always been my understanding. So apparently, Dr. Fate, wherever he was in Germany, was not close enough to to fall under that. Although I think maybe that Spear of Destiny thing, maybe that was retconned, probably an all-star squadron. That'd be a, a good place for that retcon to show up. Um, and I seem to recall it encompassing all of Germany, I think. Um, so I guess that was something that was done later to explain why at the time uh, they didn't just go in there and get Hitler, get Mussolini, get um, the Japanese dictator whose name escapes me, Toto or something like that. Uh, just go in there and grab him and, and be done with it, why, why they were hamstrung to, to really stop. Now, um, abnormally powered people like, say, Steve Rogers for Marvel – and some others. Oh, Marvel. Maybe maybe it's Marvel Comics that I'm thinking had that Spear of Destiny thing. <clears throat> okay. Well, anyways, now that I've mentioned it, I'm sure somebody out there who does know one way or the other will let me know. So I, I look forward to that feedback, and I'll, I'll pass it on. Uh, but either way, uh, Dr. Fate didn't seem to have any problems operating in Germany, right? You know, delivering food. And so you wonder, well, why didn't you just go on to Berlin and, you know, just handle things? Why just feed the people in concentration camps and leave? And the others as well. You know, France, Czechoslovakia. Um, superheroes were there. Why, why didn't you just, you know, hop on over to Berlin and, and take care of business? Um, but they didn't. So, you know, for whatever reason, even at that time in, in World War II, when those comics were actually coming out, the writers were cognizant of the fact that uh, well, you know, we can't do that because otherwise we won't have a, a something to, to write about. We'll, we'll take a storyline off the board, this war thing. Um, so I don't know how they ever explained it. And I may have confused that now that I think about it, but uh, apparently it was retconned at some point. I think that uh, Hitler had a, a mystical artifact that helped him do that. So uh, somebody out there let me know, and if you happen to know, uh, in the same case, actually, for the Marvel Universe, even though this isn't a Marvel podcast, uh, I would be interested in knowing that as well. How, how What was done at DC and Marvel in any of these World War II covering books to keep superheroes from going to Berlin and just ending things? Uh, next time out, guys, my list has an appearance for Dr. Fate in Young All-Stars 27. We'll see. Otherwise, more fun comics issue 87 will be the next appearance of Dr. Fate that we talk about in our chronological following of his exploits. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot, folks, for the feedback. I appreciate it. And I will talk to you again next time. Ciao. Lords of Order is a Teal production. And as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative 3.0 unported license.